Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Your Goat podcast. Today, I'm going to be breaking down two recent trades that have happened and how that shapes up the NFL. Then, I'm going to finish up what I've been talking about the past couple weeks for each division. What is needed to get better or get back to your same spot in order to achieve your goals. Then, free agency starting next week. Some of the key players, I'm going to pick teams that I would like to see them play for, and it's also reasonable as well. And I'm going to get into the NBA, and last night, the 76ers crumbled before our very eyes to the Brooklyn Nets. Is this loss a concern or not? Then, last but not least, Major League Baseball, it's back, baby. So let's get started with... The Carson Wentz trade that happened a few days ago. Carson Wentz traded to the Washington Commanders for two third-round picks. The 2023 third-round pick can become a second-rounder if he plays 70% of the snaps. I think this is an excellent trade for both sides. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I'm not going to give each side an A because it's excellent, but to me, it matches because A, the Colts desperately wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz, and B, the Commanders desperately wanted a quarterback. So this, to me, was a perfect trade that happened for the both of them. And it's both deserving because one is the Colts and the other is the Commanders. Uh, starting with Carson Wentz and why this is good for the Colts. This is good for the Colts because they want to get into the playoffs. They want to be a perennial playoff team that's right there with the Chiefs you know, and the Titans and the Bengals. And when you've got Carson Wentz as your quarterback, guess what? He ain't going to take you there. In this season, he showed it, as I've talked about before. You needed to win one of your final two games. One. And you played the worst two games possible. Losing to the Raiders and then the Jaguars. All you had to do was beat them. And you were miserable that game with a QBR quarterback rating of four. Abysmal. Just terrible. Uh, and then there were leadership issues as well. Uh, internal issues with Carson Wentz. And uh, his leadership problems uh, wasn't a locker room chemistry fit. And then you even had Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, apologizing to the owner because Frank Reich stuck his neck out for Carson Wentz. He said, hey... Bring Carson Wentz in. I think I can resurrect his career. You know, look what we did in 2017 on the Eagles. He was a front runner for the MVP before he got injured. And we still would have won the Super Bowl with him or Nick Foles. It was interchangeable. So he vouched for this guy. And how did Carson Wentz repay him? We vouched for not even a playoff appearance. So he's gone, which is needed. Because now they can turn their attention to another quarterback. And it helps now too 
Because with them freeing up $28 million, all that going on the commander's books, the Colts now have the most cap space, $71.4 million to spend in free agency. That's a lot of money to spend. And then now you also can still trade for a quarterback, possible quarterback radars, Deshaun Watson, depending on his trial today, even though I don't think that'd be a great fit. An upgrade over Carson Wentz would be Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a proven winner. Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, same statistics. But do you think of Carson Wentz the same way you think of Jimmy Garoppolo? Of course not, because Carson Wentz is not a winner. He's a dud. He's flamed out. He has no confidence. On the other hand, Jimmy G exudes confidence. He gets fired up. He wins games. He wins close games. When you need a win, he'll get a win for you. Now, will it be a win in the biggest stage, the Super Bowl perhaps? No, it won't. But winning a last game, regular season game to get him a playoffs, Jimmy G will deliver that for you. He just did it against the Rams this past season in L.A. Needs to win one game to get to the playoffs. What does he do? Has a fantastic second half and overtime, delivers, takes his team to the playoffs and to the NFC Championship game. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, had an easier opponent and the Jags lined up. When one game, you're in the playoffs, you lose that game. You know, you've never won a playoff game as a starter. I mean, you lost to the Seahawks a couple years ago as well in a game you were injured in. But you just haven't been very well, very good consistently recently. So this is good for the Colts because they get rid of Carson Wentz. They still have a very talented roster and they have money to spend in free agency now as well. What about the commanders? Why is this good for them? Well, they desperately wanted a quarterback. They wanted a quarterback. So to me, this is Carson Wentz's last stop. He gets to face his former team who drafted him, the Eagles, twice a year. We'll see how the reception is there. He faces the Colts, too. But this is his last stop because if it doesn't work with the Commanders, with Ron Rivera, it ain't going to work. And he had Michael Pittman. He had a great offensive lineman. He had Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in football this past year. Are things going to be easier of him? No, he was just in a great situation. Things are going to be harder for him this year. Things are going to be more difficult. He's going to have to play better because he doesn't got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. He's got Gibson, nice running back, but ain't no Jonathan Taylor. Weapons, you know, he's got Terry McLaurin, which is good. Curtis Samuel, not sold on him. But to me, they're comparable with the Colts. And then last, offensive line. This offensive line is nowhere near as good as it was in the Colts. Colts, you had a top five offensive line. Uh, now, you know, nowhere near of that uh, top five at all. Uh, so, the commanders eat up that salary. They get their quarterback because, you know, they called every single team, tried to get Russell Wilson, and it just didn't work. Now, you got to hope it works with Carson Wentz. But I do think that the Carson Wentz trade for the Commanders, it's an upgrade for the quarterback position as well. Because 
They're not sold on Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nobody's sold on them. So you go out and upgrade the quarterback position. And you do that by getting this guy. Is it going to drastically change your outlook? No. Uh, Their odds stayed the same before and post Carson Wentz trade. So it's not going to, you know, benefit them in the long run. But they were, you know, 6-6, six and six, and they had a shot at the division and a playoff spot for the football team, and they blew it. Carson Wentz, you know, I believe will get them a few more wins, but in the big game, don't think he comes up big. I think he improves the team a little bit, little bit but this isn't a drastic change. Uh, you know, if they were to got a Russell Wilson, uh, nothing of that caliber. But, you know, the commanders, you know, improve a little bit. But the Colts, you know, they're not, they're, you know, they're a lesser team now without Carson Wentz. So they have to go out and find their quarterback. Then another trade that happened yesterday. The Chicago Bears traded Khalil Mack, star defensive end, to the Chargers for a second rounder. And a 2023-6 rounder. So, the Los Angeles Chargers just got better. And what they did was match the Russell Wilson trade. Because they're not going to go out and get a star quarterback. They've already got a star. They got Justin Herbert. They re-signed Mike Williams. They have Keenan Allen. They boosted up the offensive line. Through free agency in the draft last year, it got much better. They got Austin Eckler. So they don't need a bunch more offensive firepower to compete with the Chiefs or the Broncos. What they realize now is, hey, and this is what I said, what the Chargers need. They need another piece on that defensive line to get after Patrick Mahomes, uh, to stop a run. And this is exactly the move that they need. Because they now pair Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa, and over the past, you know, three or four years, those are two of the highest grade uh, graded edge defenders. I believe Khalil Mack is at three, and uh, Joey Bosa is at four. You know, the two guys ahead of them are T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. So that's good company to be in, and they're going to be tasked with stopping Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Russell Wilson and the Broncos. And Derek Carr and the Raiders. This is to me a tremendous move because it signals that the Chargers are disappointed with this last year and they're trying to maximize Justin Herbert's rookie deal before they have to sign him to some monster contract. So they're going all in right now, which is the correct move. And just this little tidbit that the Chargers, excuse me, the Chargers are paying Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack $3 million less than what the Commanders are paying Carson Wentz. Let that sink in. No, this defense got even better for the Chargers. Uh, They were good. Secondary, I thought was good. Uh, last year anchored uh, by uh, Derwin James, but now the addition of Khalil Mack. 
Now, is he prime 2018, you know, Khalil Mack? Uh, no, but he is still a very, very good player. And I've got high expectations for him and Joey Bosa. Because now with those two, and I still think you add, you know, a, de- a defensive tackle in the middle. Josh Jacobs ain't getting him a 14 yards. And this is good, too, because they're in a pass-happy conference. So they're focused more on getting to the quarterback. And it makes sense. You'd rather, I personally, I'd rather get beat by the running back right now than by the quarterback. Uh, because, you know, Patrick Mahomes would be throwing it, you know, 40 times a game. It's Russell Wilson's uh, team. He's going to be throwing the ball a lot. Derek Carr throws the ball a lot. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Those are guys that throw the ball a lot. You know they're going to throw the ball a lot. So what do you have to do? You have to get after the quarterback. And if you can't get after him and you're just allowing him time to stay in the pocket and then dissect you or run the ball, it's not going to bode well for you. So this Khalil Mack trade is big for the Chargers. The AFC West just got even more loaded. And Coach Brandon Staley of the Chargers has a connection when he used to work for the Bears as well. So he knows what Khalil Mack brings to the table more than a lot of other coaches. So this is a big, big trade for the Chargers uh, to do because it shows that they are for real. They're not playing. They responded to the Russell Wilson trade. The Broncos got better. Uh, The Chargers got better. Now it's, you know, the Chiefs and the Raiders' turn. Are both going to stay pat happy with what they got? Or is either one of them going to make a move? Because this division uh, seems like it's getting deeper by the day. Then, in other news in the NFL, the Detroit Lions have released a Trey Flowers, which signals to me that they're getting a defensive end uh, in the draft. That, you know, you release him, who has kind of been your key cog on the defensive line for the past couple of years. You release him, that signals to me that, hey, Aiden Hutchinson's available, we're getting him. Kevon Thibodeau's there, we're getting him. We're going to get one of those two guys with our first pick. We're not drafting a Kyle Hamilton, another offensive lineman, a wide receiver, none of that jazz. You know, we're getting one of those two guys, which I think is the correct thing to do. They save money releasing him. Of course, money isn't a big issue to them right now. They're not going to be spending a ton on a roster when they know, you know, very expect to be more competitive, but I don't expect them to be in the playoffs this year. I think they're, you know, one year removed or next year will be their time to do that. But Lions, you know, I think are making smart moves right now. Brad Holmes, general manager, making good moves, you know, Dan Campbell as well. I think this is all going to work out for them. So good move uh, by the Detroit Lions. Now getting into the NFC South and what NFC South teams need to do to either stay better, you know, or get better, remain the same. You know, what's needed for these teams in the draft free agency. NFC South, starting with the division champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do they need to do? Well, Tom Brady retired, so you're going to need a quarterback. Do I expect them to be 13-4 and four next year? Tied for the best record in football like they were this year? No, there's no replacing Tom Brady. Let's get real here. The Patriots 
have not replaced Tom Brady. They didn't replace him with Cam Newton. This past year, they found Mac Jones. But is he a replacement? No, he's not. He's nowhere near Tom Brady. You're not going to find anyone near Tom Brady. So, here we go. Is They're going to need a quarterback. It's simple as that. Is it going to be Tom Brady? No. But it's what they need to stay relevant. So go out and get a Jimmy Garoppolo. This, of course, works in my favor because you could try to sneak in Tom Brady's remaining rights in there to the Niners as well. But you're going to need a quarterback. A lot of quarterbacks off the list now. Are they high on Deshaun Watson? I don't know if Bruce Arians is into that type of player with all that baggage. You know, he just had Antonio Brown, and that, you know, really didn't fully, uh, you know, pan out for them. You know, it was good in the short term, but wasn't great in the long term. So, do they go another route uh, in the draft, perhaps, if a quarterback magically falls to them? I don't know. But when they have, you know, Mike Evans, great wide receiver still on there, Chris Godwin... As well, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, you know, they have a plethora of free agents to resign. The Ryan Jensen's, uh, the Leonard Fournette's, the Carlton Davis. You know, it's going to be a true hard look at this free agent to see. And they're going to say, hey, do we still want to be competitive? Do we know we can be competitive or not? They're going to have to take a hard, long look, which I believe they already have. But when free agency starts, uh, we'll know the answers to that question or not. Then the New Orleans Saints, same boat of a quarterback. This defense last year was great, especially against stopping a run and just consistent all season long. This defense was really, really good. Uh, So here we go with them. Jameis Winston, do they bring him back in the fold? They gave Taysom Hill. An insane amount of money for not being a, to me, a great, great quarterback. Uh, and, you know, Taysom Hill was Sean Payton's guy. He's not Dennis Allen's guy. So we'll see if Dennis Allen feels the same way about Taysom Hill that Sean Payton did. I don't know if he does. I wouldn't be sold on him. Uh, so I think if I'm the Saints, I have to go out and get a quarterback because if Michael Thomas is coming back healthy, Kamara, who's amazing, you know, I re-sign Taron Armstead as well, uh, and I bring back the majority of my defense, I'm still a competitive roster. I was one game away from making it to the playoffs, and I had, you know, quarterback carousel going on between my team with Jameis Winston performing really well but tearing his ACL. Uh, Taysom Hill dealing with concussions and other injuries. And then you had, you know, the other quarterback. I think you had Ian Book in there for a game. And then you had uh, someone else who's escaping my mind right now. But the point is uh, there was a lot of different quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon, that's who it was. But you had a lot of different quarterbacks in and out. They need to find one. You know, kind of the same thing with the Bucks this year replacing Tom Brady. It's not going to be easy. The Patriots sounded out the hard way. 
you know, you just lost Drew Brees. You're two years removed from that. Life is difficult post a superstar, all-time great quarterback. Atlanta, what's next for the Falcons? Well, they drafted Kyle Pitts last year. Tight end is set. They're sticking with Matt Ryan as well. You got Cordero Patterson, who's a do-it-all. Uh, running back, wide receiver, kick, he'll, he'll do anything. Defense, you know, you got some pieces. A.J. Terrell, fantastic last year. Uh, you had, uh, I think, Deion Jones, you know, lead the league in tackles last year. So, on the Falcons, so... This is another uh, good team as well. You know, or no, my bad, it wasn't a Deion Jones, it was a Lucone. Uh, so, again, they got some talent there. Is it the best defense? No, but what do they need? They need a wide receiver because it doesn't look like Calvin Ridley's playing this year. Uh, suspended for a year on his gambling $1,500 on NFL games and parlays. Uh, but he's not coming back, and he was a superstar wide receiver. But other than him, you had no real threats, you know, the Russell Gages of the world or anything like that. You need a weapon. And Kyle Pitts, I think, is great. You can line him up as a wide receiver or at the tight end spot. But you need a wide receiver to, you know, stretch the opposing defense down the middle of a field, I think they have to go get a wide receiver to improve this team. Uh, and, you know, they were 7-10. and 10. You know, you add another weapon or two, you know, can they become more consistent? Can Ryan Tannehill find something, you know, post-Julio Jones? And finally, the Carolina Panthers. What do they need to do? Well... They need a quarterback. Uh, they were five and twelve last year. They were actually five and five, and they lost their final seven games. And Carolina's, you know, all sorts of a mess with Christian McCaffrey being injured the past couple seasons. Uh, loses a lot of consistency there. You know, DJ Moore is a receiver I like as well. Robbie Anderson. You know, defense is just all right, but quarterback Cam Newton is no longer that guy. Sam Darnold is definitely not that guy. So if I'm a Panthers, I want to be somewhat competitive. I need to go out and get a quarterback. I need I need something uh, to go right for me. Uh, and there's been reported interest of him and, Desha- and them and Deshaun Watson. Who knows if that's all for real or not. But the quarterback is the route to go, whether in a draft or adding some competition because you're in a lose-lose situation right now with Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. You can't have two losers on the quarterback roster. You just can't. Two losers. You need, you know, somebody. At least it's, you know, a TBD. But those are two two not good options they've got there. Uh, They need something more than that. And so that's what the NFC South needs. Now going to the NFC West. The final division I'll talk about. The Rams. Let's start with them. Simple. You're the defending, reigning Super Bowl champions. What do you need to do? Run it back. Resign everybody. Resign OBJ and pray that his uh, ACL injures are, are his ACL heals faster than expected. 
pray that Von Miller really does want to resign with you. You know, have everything work out. You know, pray that, you know, the large contract extensions that you're about to hand out to Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald are worth it. And it's not going to hinder your team to bring back key uh, role players to run it back. If Andrew Whitworth retires, find a left left tackle to run it back. So there's a lot of maneuvering the Rams have to do. But if you're the Rams, you have to run it back. It was the Bucks' philosophy last year, run it back. And unfortunately, this year, they were never healthy You know, at the right time to run it back. They didn't have that good string of health like they did when they did win it. So the Rams want to run it back and pray for good health. What about the Cardinals? Finished second in the division, 11-6. and six. They're improving, but it all came to an unceremonious end in the playoffs when the Rams shellacked them, mollywopped them. What do the Cardinals need? They need depth. They need depth everywhere. Because once the starters are down, it is... Over, maybe except for Kyler. Colt McCoy did a fine job replacing him. But we saw DeAndre Hopkins go down. The pass offense was not the same. Wasn't the same. Uh, night and day uh, with DeAndre Hopkins off the field. No depth behind there. Can't trust A.J. Green or Christian Kirk. Rondell Moore is too small to be a legitimate wide receiver. You can run cool play designs with him. Hope he gets open and you know burns somebody, but he's not making contested catches like D Hop is. Running back, James Conner was injured, severely hampered Chase Edmonds, and vice versa. They needed a true two-headed monster in Chase Edmonds and James Conner. One of those guys were hurt. You know the running game severely unaffected. Rodney Hudson, they they signed him from the Raiders this past year. Uh, star center boosted or boosted this offensive line. He goes down for a few games with COVID. Offensive line can no longer block Kyler Murray. What's going on there? No depth, no depth at all on the offensive side. Defensive side, JJ Watt gets injured. Guess what? You know, can no longer stop a run at all. At all. The linebackers, you know, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons can't really step up. So what do they need? They need depth. I think they need defensive depth more because, you know, Rashad Penny gassed this team. Jonathan Taylor gassed this team. Uh, Defensive depth is more important, but just all over, they need to hit on some of their draft picks this year. They can't be drafting the same, you know, player two years in a row. You know, Isaiah Simmons and the next year draft his clone in Zayvon Collins. It's not how drafting should work. You should hit on the first one. So then you can draft, you know, another need. Not draft the same position. It gets a little weird uh, after that. What about the San Francisco 49ers? What do they need? I'm not going to go quarterback here. You know, because I think they're in a good position. 10-7 and seven in the NFC Championship game. I am fine with Trey Lance. I am fine with Jimmy G. I'd be happy with Tom Brady, but that's something I'll sprinkle into about every podcast that I do. But what do they need? They don't need a wide receiver. They got Debo. They got Brandon Ayuk. They got George Kittle. They got a good offensive lineman. 
Williams last year, highest graded offensive lineman ever. Left tackle, tremendous. You got Nick Bosa. You re-sign him. You got Fred Warner. You got defensive pieces, except for one. Your secondary. Your secondary is what hindered you and what really killed you. Jarquiski Tart dropping a key interception that would have sealed the game of the NFC Championship game. The secondary that contained Devontae Adams but could not contain Cooper Cup. You need a better secondary. There's been good plays from Ambry Thomas, but with Barrett Hurt, you haven't had a great cornerback since Richard Sherman. You bring Josh Norman on, that's no good. You need secondary. You need to draft secondary, find a key piece, key cornerback that can shut down a part of the field. That is what the 49ers need to get back to the NFC Championship game, perhaps even make it to the Super Bowl. They had a not even a shutdown secondary, just an average secondary. They would have done much better in that game against the Rams. And then last but not least, the Seattle Seahawks. They need a full makeover is what they need. They need everything. This roster, there's, it's talent depleted. No talent left. But they need a quarterback. Drew Locke is not that guy. I've seen enough from Drew Locke on the Broncos that he's not going to fit well on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he is turnover prone and not good. He can't do it. The Seahawks need a quarterback. Now, it's hard to go on and just replace Russell Wilson. How do you do that? There's been a lot of speculation right now about Deshaun Watson going there. How about Malik Willis, a Matt Corral? Who knows? But they will need a quarterback if it isn't going to be a full-on teardown rebuild. They'll need a quarterback to compete in the second-best division of football, which happens to be the NFC West. Now, time to make some free agent predictions. Allen Robinson, wide receiver right now for the Chicago Bears. Franchise tag this past year, and he is going to be a free agent. And I think he's a tremendous wide receiver. One Pro Bowl year in Jacksonville, some great years there. And then had a couple good years with the Bears. This past year wasn't that good. Limited to injury in him and Justin Fields. Never were on the same page, but he's had a multiple 1,000-yard uh, receiving seasons, a f- touchdown of a season with 14, so he's been very good. Where would I like to see him go since, to me, he can be a number one wide receiver? The Colts. The Colts is where I would like to see him go. The Colts have $71 million to spend. Why not give 15 a year to Allen Robinson? Especially if you pair that with a quarterback. Now you have Allen Robinson. You have Michael Pittman. You got T.Y. Hilton. You got Jonathan Taylor, a great offensive line. Uh, you know, then you wish Carson Wentz at least did something for you last year. Because whatever quarterback you bring in is going to have, you know, the setup. He's just walking into the setup. He doesn't have to do anything except turn the ball over and win a game here or there. But Allen Robinson to the Colts. Would be big for this team who is not a great passing team. Allen Robinson, name I watch out for for the Colts. If I'm the Colts, I get that deal done. J.C. Jackson, cornerback for the Patriots. 
shutdown corner. Uh, when he gets targeted, he's a ball hawk. Large interception total. J.C. Jackson. Where do I want to see him go? Well, I just talked about the 49ers needing a secondary piece, a shutdown corner. Wow, J.C. Jackson seems like the perfect fit, and there's going to be a lot of money thrown at J.C. Jackson, but I think he goes to the 49ers. I think it's a smart move for both of them to get this deal done as well. Uh, But the key thing here is the cap situation. Uh, I think Jimmy G has to get traded before then for this deal to work. Uh, But J.C. Jackson to the Niners is a move I would like. What about Taron Armstead, offensive tackle for the Saints? I think he re-signs with the Saints. I think he likes what's going there. I think the Saints would be stupid to just let him walk for nothing. Uh, after having him all these years and for him performing so well, I think the route to go is to get him back, you know, with Alvin Kamara, with whatever quarterback you get. Taron Armstead needs to resign with the Saints. Von Miller. He needs to go back to the Broncos. A lot of Instagram posts lately of, you know, him in Denver you got to do it. I know he said he's prioritizing. Put him the Rams first. Wants to see what they do with him before exploring other offers. You know, I think his, you know, his heart will always be with Denver. It's just, you know, how it is. He wanted to win the Super Bowl for Demarius Thomas, his good friend who was a Denver Bronco. I think he goes back. Uh, I think he gets a, a decent offer. From the Rams, but he can get much more with the Broncos and have a more meaningful role and try to win it back with his team. It's his Broncos. He goes back. It's still Von Miller's Broncos. It's not Russell's quite yet because Von Miller would still be the biggest star in town who's won one with them. Still a Super Bowl MVP. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. I'd like to see him re-sign with the Chiefs. However, with some of his Instagram and Twitter messages, it seems unlikely. It seems like he's burning bridges to go back there. I think he goes to the Saints. Uh, I think he goes back home uh, to New Orleans as well. Makes his defense even better. You got Marshawn Lattimore. You got good cover guys. But you add Tyran Matthew to this defense, it only... Gets better now. It was close, you know. Cowboys need them. I was thinking Chiefs, but I think the Saints. The Saints are one, you know. If Dennis Allen is truly not playing around and wants to win, you go out and get Tyran Matthew. Chandler Jones, outside linebacker, edge rusher for the Arizona Cardinals. Says, you know, he's open to a return with the Cardinals. But says, I just want to play in a scheme that fits me. Because he's got a Super Bowl ring, which he won early in his career with the Patriots. Zezzy's got his money, which he just received from the Cardinals in this contract. So, he wants to go to a scheme that fits, maximizes his potential. Where do I see that? Oh, I see that as going to the Broncos in an edge-rushing scheme. A 3-4 scheme that benefits him, maximizes his potential. And then, if Von Miller comes back... You've got a Chandler Jones, Von Miller, 
Bradley Chubb, edge rusher right there. All three of those guys rotating in and out. That's worrisome for any quarterback in the NFL. Not just the NFC West, but you do that. You answer the Chargers who just got Khalil Mack and they have Joey Bosa. You answer and say, hey, that's nice. You got two guys. We got three. We got Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Bradley Chubb. And it's great because none of them are in the prime of their careers like Joey Bosa is. But those three guys rotating right there, that is a force to be reckoned with. Then final, final free agent, Bobby Wagner. Now, you know, I want to see him go to the Broncos, but I just can't have everybody go to the Broncos. So another uh, fit I thought would be good for him is the Patriots, who cherish a linebacker like Bobby Wagner, who had the Teddy Bruskies, the Dante Hightowers of the world, you know, Kyle Hanoi just cut. Bring Bobby Wagner into the mold. He's a leader, great locker room fit, and can be kind of the captain, heart and soul of this Patriots defense. Patriots defense who is just uh, first and second in a lot of major statistical categories. You add this uh, player to the mold in your second level of defense, you are just strengthening, which I said the Patriots needed to do. I said, get a number one wide receiver, strengthen the defense. You know, last year you went out and got matched on. Excellent, you know, first 10, 12 games. Got injured, disappeared late. Bring in Bobby Wagner to this linebacker core. Bill Belichick, I definitely see it happening. Like to see him go to the Broncos, but the Patriots would be a good fit for him. So I'm excited for all the free agency breaking news that will be appearing on my timeline next week. Now time to get into some NBA. Last night, the 76ers, Philly absolutely crumbled at home to the Brooklyn Nets. They did not show up outside of Joel Embiid. He didn't even have a great shooting night. But the Nets showed up and showed out. Ran the 76ers out of their building. And the fireworks were going off early. You had the Ben Simmons, Boo Chance, you know, right there. You had KD and Joel Embiid getting into it. You had everything it could ask for. It had a playoff atmosphere vibe to it. However, didn't feel like a playoff game once the game started. It just felt like Kevin Durant and company running Philadelphia out. Kevin Durant said he was playing for Ben Simmons, dropped 25 points, 10 of 17 shooting. Kyrie Irving said the same thing, 8 of 17, 22. And I think his wasn't just about backing Ben Simmons up. It was, you know, James Harden's going to pay. You know, took the defensive brunt too, made life hard on uh, James Harden. And then I think think Seth Curry as well, you know, heating up and saying, hey, you know, this is what you missed from me and making four of eight on his three-point shots and had 24 points altogether. The Nets could not be stopped. The offensive firepower that they had, nobody could stop them. And it was really a poor night for the 76ers. Uh, 
James Harden. 3 of 17. 3 of 7 from 3-point. Not one shot made inside the arc. Not one. Not one. That can't happen. You know, didn't get the foul calls either. And he kind of looked disinterested later in this game. Tyrese Maxey, same thing. 2 of 7. Didn't get one one three-pointer to drop. He was ineffective, unavailable. This team was not ready to step up for the challenge. Joel Embiid wasn't that efficient either. 5 of 17 from the field. Most of his damage coming from the free throw line, which he had 19 free throw attempts. He was 15 of 19. So, wasn't his greatest night either shooting the ball. Uh, and the Nets just could not uh, be stopped. He looked great. Kyrie Irving, sensational. Yet again, yet again, they were that good. Uh, But when are we going to see Kyrie Irving next? That's great and all. But this Sunday, we're not going to see him. Then we'll see him against the Magic. But then they have a stretch, you know, where they won't see him at home. Three games in a row won't see him. They'll see him for two games yet again. Then they won't see him. For the final three games of March and for most of the games in the beginning of April before, you know, the lift is officially back so we can play home games, you know, we're thinking it was soon, but when is he going to be back? So, and you see their record too, much better on the road with Kyrie than they are at home. Uh, At home, they're 13 and 18 away. They are 21 and 15. You know, we talked about the number one seed, but to this next team, it does not matter. To me, they play better, you know, on the road. But we'll see how this roster goes and how this team plays now outside of this game, where it's been a struggle for them still. For the 76ers, I'm a little concerned about James Harden because this is a big game. He did not show up. And I could bring back a lot of tape, a lot of mentions of games he has not showed up in the past. The playoffs last year, uh, maybe every playoff series, the Golden State a couple times, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. This was a playoff game. It was built up as a playoff game. He did not show up. He's going to have to show up in a playoff game to prove if the trade was worth it. Regular season's great and fun and all, but you need to be able to win a playoff game. That's what's expected here in Philly now uh, to make it to the conference, uh, to make it to the conference finals. That did not happen. Nets ran them away. Now, moving on to some games that I'll pick for tonight. The first, the Knicks and the Grizzlies. I'm picking the Grizzlies uh, to win this game. I'm sorry, New York, you are just not that team at all. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, to me, are the second, third best team in the NBA. They're the second best team in the Western Conference. Uh, The Knicks, you know, are not that team. They are playing better now. They've won three in a row, you know, after like 10 losses in a row. So they're improving minimally, but I think it'll be too much for them to travel to Memphis and to win the game tonight. I like John Morant in this game uh, to drop a lot of points. 
for his team to be intact. I like the Grizzlies. Then I have the Lakers and the Wizards. Another game they're televising on TV after that. And I'm picking the Lakers. I can't believe it. But this is my last time picking the Lakers this season. Why? Because this is their last winnable game. You know, they beat the Warriors last Saturday, last week. Then they had a stretch of winnable games. And they've lost two of them so far. They lost to the Spurs. No LeBron. And then with LeBron, they lost to the Rockets in which he passed up a good look to win the game. Gave it up to Melo. So there you have that. This is their last winnable game. I'm sorry. They don't win this game tonight. I could see them losing every single game for the rest of the season. Maybe minus uh, the Thunder there late. But this you know, is my last shot at picking the Lakers. This is it for me. This is it for them. I'm playing the Wizards tonight. You know, Wizards aren't in the conversation either. But the Lakers most definitely are not in it. Uh, after this, it's over for them. They play the Suns, Raptors, the T-Wolves, you know, Cavs, 76ers, Pelicans, Jazz, Mavs. It's over. Uh you know, it can get worse. They can miss the play-in. And that would be the ultimate uh, disappointment uh, for them to miss the play-in. You know, that would be, you know, the rock bottom abyss sinking. And it's still possible. I don't think it gets to that bad. I think they're the 10th seed in a play-in when it all is said and done. Because every team below them, Portland's just as bad. San Antonio's just as bad. And it's sad that we're having a conversation with a LeBron-led Laker team, with Russell Westbrook, who's been consistently terrible. One good game here and there, but consistently terrible. But we're grouping the Lakers in with those bad teams. The Kings, the Spurs, the Trailblazers, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Wizards. We're grouping them in with those teams. Not even, you know, take away the top teams. Take away the Phoenix Suns. And the Miami Heat, the Bucks, the 76ers, we're not even putting them on mid-teams. You know, just good teams like the Mavericks or the Nuggets or the Timberwolves or the Raptors or the Cavs. They're not even at that level. They are below that level. They are below average. This season has been a failure, but they can salvage it maybe a D-plus you know, if they win a play-in game or something, which I don't expect, but they are just that bad. Uh, and I don't have a lot of hope for them remaining. So there you have that. I'm picking them, but this is my last time picking them for the rest of the season. So they'll either make my pick great or not so great. Then Major League Baseball... Is back. It's back. Deal signed yesterday. We're back in business, folks. Play ball. Season starts April 7th. Less than a month away. Congratulations to them for getting this done. Getting it done quickly as well. Not, you know, super quickly, but uh, it was done to salvage a lot of 
you know, most, if not all, of the season. But guess what? There are some big remaining free agents out there that still need to be signed before then. Who's one of them? Carlos Correa, just coming off a gold glove season, finished fifth in AL MVP voting. Big name here. He still needs to get signed. Uh, Where do I think he goes? You know, the Tigers already got Javier Baez. I thought he could go there with his former manager, A.J. Hinch. I'm still holding out hope for him. Or he could come back uh, because it's already too late in the season. Back to his team, uh, which is the Astros. And because they have as good a shot as anybody in that league uh, to win it again. You know, they're competitive every time. Another big free agent, Freddie Freeman. I think he resigns with the Braves. I do. Uh, I don't think they give up on him yet. I know the Dodgers are a lurking team uh, right there as well. But I think the Braves, you know, find a way to get it done. Freddie Freeman is the heartbeat of this Braves team. You know, I don't think that the Braves, you know, let the franchise icon that is Freddie Freeman just let him go after this great championship season. Trevor Story, someone with some shoulder issues. You know, a lot of people saying, you know, can the Yankees sign him? But guess what? The Yankees don't sign anybody good anymore. They just don't. That's why I no longer root for the Yankees because I'm just so sick of watching and liking such a pathetic team that doesn't do anything. Boone is no longer the guy, and Cashman doesn't make the deals anymore. So two chumps in the front office of the New York Yankees managing what one of the most, if not the most storied franchise in not just Major League Baseball history, but in all of sports history. So do I think he'll go there? No, I don't. He'll probably end up somewhere like the Mariners or the Cubs. That's where he'll go. Because why have the Yankees signed somebody? Chris Bryant. Legend to the Chicago Cubs. 2016 team. Where does he go? First baseman. Does he stay with San Francisco? Good spot there. No, I think Francisco last year was kind of that one-hit wonder team. I think he goes to the Phillies. His good friend, Bryce Harper, is there. I think the Phillies want to win. And they're going to get competitive because they know they're in a division with the Mets, with the Braves, good teams. They have to go out and get him. Clayton Kershaw. This is one I don't know. I don't know if he re-signs with the Dodgers on a small deal or if he's done with the Dodgers at 34 years old. You know, I don't know. Somebody said he could even retire at this point. So to me, he is the ultimate wild card. Do I think he gets a long deal? No, I think it's going to be a one-year deal. To me, you know, where does he go? Is it the Texas Rangers, uh, you know, and follow his teammate Seager over there? You know, what do they do uh, with him? Do the Dodgers resign him? Does he actually retire? I mean, definitely an interesting conversation with one of the greatest pitchers of all time in Clayton Kershaw. Carlos Rodon, another pitcher who's good, you know, but is he great? No, he's not, you know, Cy Young kind of guy, so that's going to be interesting 
as well, Kyle Schwarber. So, again, a lot of key pieces out there. We'll see where they all go, but baseball, it's coming back, and it's coming back soon. Then, a note in the NHL, Jack Eichel made his homecoming uh, yesterday with the Sabres, and again, unceremonious, that Buffalo won that game and beat the Vegas Golden Knights, beat Jack Eichel's team. Uh, What made it even worse for him was that two of the players that were traded from Vegas, uh, Krebs and Tuck, both scored last night. Craig Anderson was terrific. Vegas lost to the Sabres. Not a great homecoming, some booze. And then Jack Eichel threw some shade at the fans saying, this is the loudest he's ever heard this arena before. So, boom, there you go. I don't think Jack Eichel likes the Sabres. Don't think the Sabres like Jack Eichel. And then finally, men's basketball. I made my one prediction yesterday, you know, that turned out to be a bust, you know, or a couple days ago. I said Michigan would win the Big Ten. What does Michigan do? Michigan has a 17-point lead. I think there's like 12 minutes left. And Indiana finishes the game on a 31-9 run. Michigan doesn't make a field goal for a nine-minute stretch. In the second half, they had more turnovers than field goals made and more fouls as well. And they lose that game to Indiana. It was just terrible. Just terrible that they allow that to happen to them. Not good at all. Uh, for their cause, I think they have a seed locked, but I do think it is an 11th seed, maybe a 12th, and they're lucky if they get that, you know, Eli Brooks and Musa Diabate turn of a ball over, just pathetic, and what has truly been the most inconsistent season, especially lately, win-loss, win-loss, they haven't won back-to-back games in like a couple months now, which is sad, but, you know, now it's wide open, And this morning, you had Indiana beat the one seed, Illinois. So that makes me feel a little better, you know, and upset because, you know, Indiana is a decent team. They built Illinois. But I knew Michigan could beat Illinois. Indiana just beat Illinois. I knew Michigan could, and they didn't. I mean, that's just upsetting. The Big Ten bracket is wide open. Was I right about another one? Yes, Texas A&M is going to beat Auburn. They are up 62-55. With 47 seconds left, it looks like Texas A&M is going to beat them. It was good for me not to trust Auburn. I said Kentucky was going to win that, and it just seems to be right. Love Bruce Pearl, head coach there, and what Auburn's doing. It just doesn't feel you know, real in the fact that this is a team that is truly threatening uh, to win it all. So there you have it, folks. This has been Get Your Goat. What do you think of the recent NFL trades? How would you grade them? What do you think? And what do you hope your team does in free agency to get better? I'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.